The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Well, welcome and good morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Kelly Osborne. I'm one of the ministers here at the church, and I want to welcome you. If you are new to us, we are a community of believers in Jesus being transformed into the image of Christ so that anyone can find the way to God. We're so thankful for, that you're here this morning. And Springs Church, I wanted to say just a few little things to you before I start the sermon. I've ministered here for a little over 10 years now, and I've loved every minute of it. It is a blessing, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity to serve alongside you. I think most ministers get a unique insight into the body of Christ. Of course, we walk with you when you're struggling and in pain, and we all are in pain and have struggles. But we as ministers have pri the privilege of seeing how you love and serve each other. I see you when you open your homes to an intern or guest. I see when you have an eye out for the hurting amongst us and you offer financial help. I see you when you consistently teach and volunteer. I see you when you cook. And let me tell you, your pie is like love on a plate. I'm grateful for those of you who offer your expertise, whether it's medical, legal, architectural, your time, your listening ear, you give it all. And it's all done in the name of Jesus, because he loved you first. And now you give that away to others. And it is beautiful. I'm grateful to be a part of this body of Christ at the Springs, and I want to let you know that I see Jesus in you every day. Thank you. We're starting this week, week nine, of a 10-week series on the fruit of the Spirit. And I have enjoyed and been challenged by it. Ben and Brett started in the fall with a series called The Spirit-Powered Church, and then in the spring, preached a series called The Spirit-Powered Gospel. And then for those of us that have been here in the summer, it's been The Spirit-Powered Life. I've appreciated each guest speaker, and they've each done an excellent job sharing the different fruits of the Spirit with us. But I want to make a particular note of our speaker, Brad Giddens. He hit faithfulness last week, and we had our very first trust fall from this table right here. <laughs> and he set a new record. When we were putting the, the sermon up on the website, we realized that his sermon was 48 minutes long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to balance things out, I think I have about five minutes this morning. <laughs> but congratulations, Brad, on your record, and we love you dearly. So gentleness is our focus for today, the fruit of gentleness. And I will ask us to consider this fruit through three questions. And my questions will be, first, 
Are we gentle with each other? Second, are, we gen are you gentle with yourself? And lastly, how do you receive the gentleness of God? Here are some words that describe gentleness. Tenderness, kindness, consideration, sympathy, compassion, meekness, humility. As I let these words settle in on you, I want to share with you an idea that has captured my thinking during this series on the fruit of the Spirit. I began to think about beauty and art. There is a mysterious thing that happens when we encounter beauty. There is this gentle connection that occurs that I can't quite explain. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Vienna, Austria for a graduate course, and I was able to visit the Albertina Museum. I was reminded once again that when you stand in front of a great work of art, and perhaps a curator is telling you the facts, telling you why this work is important and what the information about the artist, it isn't the facts that speak to me and move me. It's the color, the perspective, the light and dark, the balance. And then, of course, there's the picture itself. But often, I'm aware of this gap between me and this work of art. It is an in-between space where I'm seeking to know beyond what my senses can reach. And for me, the work of art doesn't really become meaningful unless this gap closes. But what fills this gap? What is it? Maybe another way of asking this question is, what makes something resonate in your heart? Perhaps you're, you have a similar experience with a really good book or a song or a movie. It becomes something that brings a tear to your, your eye or maybe just breaks your heart just a little. But you connect in a gentle, tender space that exists in all of us. And this is the place, this space, where our walls are down and where love is real. And it is here that gentleness rests. This is where God's spirit works in us. He fills this gap, this tender place with his gentleness. It's something only he can do. So this morning, I'm going to invite you, I'm going to invite God's presence to illuminate his word in three ways. We're going to ask God to show us through his spirit how we can find gentleness between us. And through his spirit, we can discover new gentleness in our own hearts and minds. And then that we can receive the ever-present gentleness of God himself. So the first question is this. Are we gentle with each other? I think you'll agree with me that our world 
and culture is not a place where gentleness reigns. I shared with you on the previous slide some different ways gentleness is described. So let me share with you a few words to describe the opposite of gentleness. Brutality, roughness, cruelty, violence, callousness, the list goes on. Perhaps as I've been saying these words, you can think of an encounter that would be described by one of these words that you've had. I know I can. One of the most recent for me was just last summer, right before our first Sunday in this building. I was, was returning some flooring that we didn't use back to a home improvement store here in Edmond, and I needed some help moving some big boxes, so I pulled up to get some help, and I was instructed, no, pull forward to this big loading zone and wait, and we'll come out and help you. So I sat there with my window down, moved up to the loading zone, and a young man came up, stuck his head in my window, and aggressively, might I add, pointed out that I was in the wrong spot and I was an idiot. He walked on in the store, but the exchange took me off guard. And from a surprising well in my gut, I felt nothing but violence. In fact, if I were 320 pounds, I think I would have jumped out and done something about it. But there was a part of me that responded just with equal, that it wanted to respond equal or greater malice. And I can laugh about it now, but what I want to highlight is that it took almost nothing for me to respond with feelings of anger and violence. Almost nothing. And it surprised me. I would like to think I, I would be more prone to turn the other cheek. But in that moment, I felt nothing, no measure of gentleness for him. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. We are confronted every day with harsh words. While my story is fairly benign, and the count encounter with that young man really not that much. But we don't have to look too far to know that violence is in our everyday lives. And sometimes it's just simmering under the surface because of the harshness we encounter. In fact, here are some stats regarding violence according to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. On the average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. This equates to 10 million, million women and men per year. One in four women and one in nine men experience severe physical violence in their lives. It seems that we're growing increasingly violent with each other, and it's becoming less and less surprising to hear of the violence that we enact on each other. How easy it is for us to see each other as an enemy rather than a brother or a sister or better yet, a child of God. Isn't being led, instead of being led by love and consideration for each other, we often lead with only the strong survive. So how can we even begin to get to this place 
where we see that there's this space between you and me where God closes that gap with his gentleness. I think it would be helpful to be, for us to be also mindful that this gap exists for many of us and we're thankful for it because it's a very comfortable distance. It becomes a gap of self-protection. It is protection against the rejection and pain that comes with being in relationship or community with others. We adopt the posture, you are over there, I'm over here. Let's keep it that way. I readily acknowledge that it isn't easy for us to live in community. We have ample reasons to do everything we can to increase this distance between us. But may I humbly suggest that we must step toward each other. And not just each other here where it's easy, but also stepping toward the others who look, think, act, and vote differently than us. It is the most beautiful way. We need to keep reminding ourselves of this because, as I said, living in community is not easy. And if you've been part of this church or any church for that matter, you know that. Several years ago when we were going through a challenging season marked by disunity and broken relationships, we were emerging from that season and we went through a time of peacemaking. And I remember that I thought there was no way some of these relationships would ever be put back together. The counselor gave us homework and said, go to your closet, your real closet, and go to your knees, your real knees. And I want you to ask God, where is your part in this? And also, to ask God to do what we cannot, and he did. Peace, kindness, gentleness, and forgiveness came by the power of God's spirit. But my question to you this morning is where are those gaps that exist in your relationships that you need God to fill? My hunch is that as we've been talking about this, there are faces and names that have come to your mind. We all have those situations and relationships in our lives that are challenging. But we know that God's spirit can bring gentleness to those places where we need him. Through God's spirit, we can find gentleness between us. My second question I want to ask is, are you gentle with yourself? Not only do we need God's spirit to fill that gap between us, but we need his spirit to close the gap in our own heart. In order for our relationships to be gentle, we need to be gentle with ourselves. Research says that there's there's something called self-talk. This is how you think about and talk about yourself. And it really, really matters. 
It shapes almost everything about the way we live our lives and how we interact with others. And for some of us, this is a significant challenge because we can be so hypercritical of ourselves. Sometimes we feel like we're constantly failing to failing a particular standard we have. So the end result is we're not very gentle with ourselves and we are not very gentle with others. Recently I was participating in a spiritual formation workshop and the leader spent a good chunk of time just reflecting on that self-talk, that talk we have going on in our minds. And he mentioned that if someone who might describe themselves as a perfectionist, they have a very harsh internal critic. In fact, he encouraged all of us to be very merciful to any perfectionist in our life because their internal critic is relentless and harsh. I don't know if this describes you to one degree or another or your experience, but if you identify with this even a little, let's ask God's spirit to fill the gap in our thoughts. Through God's spirit, we can discover gentleness in our own hearts and minds. Let me ask a final question. How do you receive God's gentleness? We can only be gentle with ourselves and others if we know and receive the gentleness of God. Do you experience a God that is harsh? Or do you receive and experience a God that is gentle? As I've worked through this study, I've been reminded of the many times God's nature is revealed and he describes himself as gentle. I was reminded in 1 Kings 19 that God tells Elijah to hide in the rock while he passes by. And there was a big wind, but God wasn't in the wind. Then there was a big earthquake. And kids, I know you know the story, but God was not in the earthquake. Then there was a big fire, but God was not in the fire. And then there was a gentle whisper, and God was in this gentle whisper. And then in Matthew 11, Jesus invites us, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. We live in a culture where gentleness and rest seem to be scarce. We know the pain that comes from harshness and violence, and we, see, we feel that unrelenting burden that comes with it. But God is longing to bring his gentle love and mercy to our hearts and minds. A couple weeks ago, John and I had the privilege to hear a young preacher from Bratislava share God's word. 
Their church was going through a very similar study, and he said that whenever we see the fruit of the Spirit, think about all those words, we can know that God is there. He challenged his church to be on the lookout each week to look for God's fruit, looking for it, noting it, helping it when you can, but he encouraged this church to recognize this fruit, and this is where God is working. And isn't that a great challenge? Well, I want to do the same. I want to ask you to look for gentleness this week. Make a note of it. Note where you see it and how you can encourage it and even join it if you can. And in doing so, I hope that you'll see new and fresh ways that God is working. Perhaps you'll see the gentle whisper of God just the way Elijah did in 1 Kings. Maybe you'll see him afresh in your relationships. And maybe you'll even feel him afresh in your heart. Through God's spirit, we can see the ever-present gentleness of God himself. Anyone who has visited London or ridden the subway, you know the phrase, mind the gap. It's an announcement that's just letting you know that there's a gap between the train and the platform. And they're saying, watch out. So let me do the same. I want to say the same to you. Let's mind the gap. Let's be aware of this space between us. Let's ask God to fill it with his gentle love and goodness. God doesn't want us to live a life of loneliness and separation. God doesn't want us to have spaces where harshness and violence thrive. Let's ask his spirit to to fill this gap and to give us new eyes and a new love for each other. Springs Church this morning, I hope that you'll leave here knowing that God's love for you never ends. Through God's Spirit, may we find gentleness between us. May we discover new gentleness in our own hearts and minds. And may we receive the ever-present gentleness of God himself. Let's stand and continue to worship.